One Week Season. OWS fam, the nation, my dudes and dudettes, Hilo here, filling in for Mikey to bring you the market update. We are now three weeks until the start of the NFL season. Well, I guess three and a half by the time you're listening to this. And we've had some preseason games. So we're going to take a different approach to this market updates session and take a look at the happenings of all the games that happened this week. We had games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So as always, this will be released Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. You guys can catch up on all the happenings of the previous week. Let's dive in. First game, Texans and the Patriots. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud making his professional debut. He played the first two drives with the starters, minus your veterans. He finished two of four for 13 yards and one pick, and he took a rather ugly and significant sack, resulting in a loss of 15 yards. All transparency, his offensive line did not do him any favors, but I think that could be a theme moving forward in um, in the regular season once we get there. But basically, it was about looked about as we would expect a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start, albeit in the preseason. Tank Dell. Tank Dell was really the star of the show on this Thursday afternoon. He commanded eight targets on 16 first half Houston pass attempts, ended up with a line of five for 65 and one in the first half alone, made that juggling circus catch at the front pylon in the end zone for his touchdown. He also returned punts in this game which is something to keep an eye on because I think that is going to keep him active on game day, regardless of how the wide receiver depth chart shakes out to start the season. So he also demonstrated some versatility. He played the Z wide receiver role out wide. He played in the slot Um, with his diminutive stature. I would expect him to primarily be playing in the slot when he is on the field, but He did show an ability to play kind of two of the three primary wide receiver positions for this offense. So that could give him additional outs to seeing the field early in his rookie season. So I would view Tank Dell as a player that could push John Mechie and Robert Woods for snaps early on in the season. He is not a direct fill in for a guy like John Mechie, who is probably the starting X type wide receiver. Um, But he is likely to force some playing time at some point, and he is going to likely be active to start the season in that kickoff return role. On the other side for the Patriots, Pierre Strong opened the game for the Patriots with Ramondre Stevenson inactive. He did play two of the first four drives. And the interesting thing to me is that when he was on the field, he had the drive completely to himself. Whereas Kevin Harris and J.J. Taylor split the other drives while they were all kind of mixing into the game. So that makes it likely to me that Strong kind of has the inside edge for change of pace duties behind Ramondre Stevenson. Obviously, they still have Montgomery, who is probably going to be the third down, obvious passing down kind of two minute roll for when Ramondre doesn't take those. Um, But it looks to me like Pierre Strong has kind of the inside edge for those backup duties and change of pace duties behind Ramondre Stevenson. It makes sense also. Kevin Harris is kind of this bowling ball type plotter, um, short yardage. He gained 10 yards in this game. Um, and JJ Taylor is kind of this kind of similar to has some overlap to um, Ty Montgomery in the sense that they're like converted wide receivers trying to take on running back roles. I would not expect Taylor to mix in heavily into this backfield in the regular season. 
Other interesting nuggets, Tyquan Thornton started and played the entire first half with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. And Kendrick Bourne was inactive. So Kendrick Bourne has been getting the buzz in camp. And it's looking increasingly likely that Kendrick Bourne has the inside track to the starting Z-type wide receiver role for the Patriots to open the season. Moving on to the Vikings and the Seahawks, Ty Chandler stole the show for Minnesota. He dominated the work in the first quarter. He finished five for 27 rushing, two for 12 receiving. Dwayne McBride rushed for zero yards on one carry in the first quarter. And Chandler kind of showed a complete skill set. So it appears likely that the backup running back role or competition in camp is down to Kenne and Chandler to win. It looks increasingly likely that Dwayne McBride is on the outside looking in. And the day after the game, so on Friday, the Vikings hosted Kareem Hunt. Um, and the quote from um, quote from Minnesota camp was basically we're, we're just exploring our options and we're just establishing a relationship. So who knows what's going to come of that? But it appears likely that the backup running back role in Minnesota, the competition is down to Ty Chandler and Kenne. Jordan Addison started and played he made a really really nice sideline catch on the second drive of the game which was incorrectly rolled an incomplete pass he looks primed and ready to contribute from day one getting the same reports that we got two years ago with justin jefferson that jordan addison is behind an established veteran jordan addison is the wide receiver too in minnesota on the other side of that game for the Seahawks, Zach Charbonnet was active after his weird injury saga from Pete Carroll, saying he would be out indefinitely, and then he was magically back at practice after just two days. He split time with DJ Dallas in the first quarter, but the read on this situation is probably best not to read too much into it. DJ Dallas is highly unlikely to operate in anything more than a confined third down role. So it was good for Zach Charbonnet to get back on the field. It was good for him to see his first NFL reps uh, and get some game action under his belt. Moving on to Friday, the Packers and the Bengals. Jordan Love and the Packers really, in as a whole unit, looked pretty much as we'd expect. They were brilliant at times, and they were kind of off-kilter at other times. Love and the starter starters played the first two drives of the game. Love missed Christian Watson deep to end the first drive, and then he hit Romeo Dobbs with a nice touch pass for a touchdown on the second drive. On that play, what was interesting to me is that Christian Watson was doubled. He was basically had press man coverage with safety help, um, and this was a play from about 20 yards out, so right in the cusp of the red zone. And he was doubled and bracketed. That is something that he very rarely saw last season. And it appears now teams are kind of giving him the alpha treatment. So with that, Romeo Dobbs and Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end, are the two most likely to benefit from games where Christian Watson is doubled. Now, can Christian Watson beat double or alpha treatment? We don't really know. He didn't really experience that too much last season. We know Christian Watson is absolutely nails against um, cover one, against man coverages. You know, top 10 in all efficiency metrics against man coverage last year. But he hasn't really experienced too much safety help over the top. So how that plays out this season, I think it is not with outside the realm of possibilities that Romeo Dobbs and Luke Musgrave benefit from Christian Watson seeing alpha coverage in the red zone, particularly. The Bengals, the Bengals looked honestly rather anemic um, outside of running back Chris Evans and wide receiver Andre Iosivas. 
Evans rushed seven times for 49 yards compared to just 12 yards for eight carries for Chase Brown. Travion Williams was held out with his ankle injury. So this running back competition for the backup duties behind Joe Mixon still looks pretty wide open. Um, One game sample in the preseason is not enough to make any sweeping assumptions here, but Chris Evans vastly outperformed Chase Brown with Travion Williams inactive. To Eosivas, he amassed a whopping 10 targets on a night where really no starters played. But it's kind of difficult to read too far into that usage considering how the Bengals are operating as a team. In other words, I think it's highly unlikely that Eosivas or any other kind of secondary wide receiver steps into significant volume should one of Jamar Chase T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd miss any time. The Falcons and the Dolphins. Both of these teams did not play any starters, so not a ton to glean from this one. The lone bright spot for the Falcons, who had a really, really lackluster performance, was Godwin Iguibike. He gained 70 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries, but all of Bijan Robinson, Tyler Aljair, and Cordero Patterson did not play. What I really gained from this side is Arthur Smith has likely not changing his ways. He's not changing his propensity to favor the run game. The passing offense was extremely static. I think this is going to be another season ground and pound. So that reinforces Bijan's inflated average draft position currently in early drafts. But really, I think it speaks volumes to what to expect from the pass game. And again, this is a one game sample. But when you pair that with what we saw last season from Arthur Smith is not a lot to get excited about any pass catchers here. On the other side, Devon A-Chain. He played a rather robust role here with both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert inactive. He was held, though, to two and a half yards per carry on 10 carries, but he did lead the team in receiving. That doesn't really mean a ton in the preseason, but he caught four targets for 41 yards. That is pretty much in line with what we should expect from H. Hain in the regular season. Doing my kind of stink check mind projections. I project a chain for somewhere between three to five targets on a weekly basis, somewhere between six to eight carries on a weekly basis. So likely going to provide some spike weeks in this offense with that kind of role, but he is not somebody who we can count on weekly production week in and week out. Really, there wasn't much else to glean from this game with neither team playing starters and only Devon A. Chain really contributing. Over to the Giants and the Lions. Jameson Williams, man. What to say here? Jameson played almost the entire game, which we should have expected based on um, Dan Campbell's remarks leading up to the game. He kind of showed the good and the bad and really left me wanting more, particularly with my position in JMO. On one hand, he did very well at consistently generating separation downfield. On the other hand, he dropped a would-be touchdown with the defender in his back pocket. It hit him in the hands on an over-the-shoulder basket-type catch. He continued, this is the big thing for me, he really continued to struggle with route shaping the mental lapses, and his body positioning. That is stuff that I was hoping to see improvement on, particularly considering he really only had one, I mean, one good season at the collegiate level. So the route shaping, the mental lapses, and the body positioning was big for me. He did not show improvement in those areas from the, uh, from me watching the game. Um, That kind of leaves me with a sour taste in my mouth. He appears to have significant room left to grow before he can realize his full potential. 
um, on an offense that really kind of desperately needs a consistent downfield threat. Rookie running back Jameer Gibbs, he gained 19 yards on six carries and caught his only target for an additional 18 yards. But that reception came on a broken play check down with no real designed work in the passing game. Again, this is preseason game one. That can grow a lot. It's clear that the Lions are not, you know, exhibiting the offense that we should expect in the regular season. But it was startling to me that he was not kind of manufactured touches in the passing game. That is likely to change or increase as the preseason moves on, but that was startling to me. On the other side with the Giants, Isaiah Hodgins was the only presumed starter for the Giants to start and play. Whether that means something or not kind of remains to be seen because we're kind of expecting Isaiah Hodgins to start at the X wide receiver. I don't know, man, kind of my answer right now. But uh, all the other starters did not suit up for this game. So really not much else to be gained from this one. The Steelers and the Buccaneers. Kenny Pickett and the rest of the Steelers starters played the opening drive. The result of that drive was a 33-yard touchdown catch from George Pickens. That play occurred on a slant over the middle of the field between um, linebacker and corners. Uh, catch and run kind of for 33 yards, juked the safety, and got in the end zone. Pickett completed six of seven passes on this drive for 70 yards. And the biggest takeaway for me, though, regardless of what the box score says, watching this game, the the starting offense under Matt Canada is going to kind of look the same. Not a lot has changed remains confined to short area work through the air. Very, very stagnant offense, not a lot of pre-snap motion, very, very vanilla. So that kind of, again, left a sour taste in my mouth. Some goods, Deontay Johnson was targeted on half of his routes on his only drive. He ended three catches on three targets for 32 yards. And this dude just gets open. He's continued routinely able to generate significant separation over the middle of the field. And he looked every bit of the part of Pittsburgh's top pass catcher. And this is a guy who averaged 153.3 targets per year of the previous three seasons. And it's highly unlikely that he has that kind of volume and does not find the end zone again. Calvin Austin, the rookie speedster. This guy gave the offense a legitimate downfield weapon after the starters departed. He caught a 67-yard touchdown. He was handed the ball off on two jet sweeps, um, gained another 23 yards on the ground. His speed could be a legitimate problem in the league, but the reservation is he's blocked for playing time right now and can Canada integrate it into the offense successfully. Um, But he is looking like a viable late round kind of upside potential wide receiver. I would be targeting Calvin Austin on teams that have a Seattle piece for that week 17 correlation and reducing the things, um, the number of variables that kind of have to go right there. On the other side, Baker, he started and played the first four series, started off pretty slow, but he ended up, um, completing eight of nine passes for 63 yards and one touchdown. Most of his work was confined to the short to intermediate areas of the field, which we kind of got a, uh, or reinforces some of offensive coordinator, Dave Canales's um, words leading up to this game. They basically, he told reporters that he has been working on generating um, an offense where his players can succeed in the first five yards of the line of scrimmage. And that's kind of what we saw here. Also, Baker targeted a running back on four of his nine pass attempts, which again highlights um, his elevated career running back target rates and reinforces really the fantasy appeal of running back Rashad White. So White is set up well to see significant work through the air this season for as long as he remains healthy and for as long as Baker remains the starting quarterback. Both variant uh, I guess setups here. 
that's really all to be gained from that game. Commanders and the Browns, Sam Howell started and played the first three series for the Commanders, the presumed starter going into the season. He led a touchdown drive on his final set of downs, and he finished um, 9 for 12 through the air for 77 yards and one touchdown. He did add eight yards on his one carry. And again, Sam Howell should be thought of more as for his escapability as opposed to his legitimate rushing upside, but he did demonstrate some rushing floor here. Um, other takeaways, Howell appears set to be the starting quarterback for the, for Washington with just two more preseason games left to play. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel put on an absolute clinic. All three were routinely open Dotson was the receiver for Howell's lone touchdown. It honestly feels like if Sam Howell can be league average, if he can just be a guy that can distribute the football, this offense could be in for some fun. Um, Dotson, all that dude does is find the end zone. He found the end zone again. Um, yeah, this this offense with now Eric Bieniemy at the helm um, offensive coordinator. This offense could be pretty fun this this season. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel are just that good at winning. Um, they are good at winning the first five yards of line of scrimmage. Terry McLaurin, obviously, that bona fide deep threat. Jahan Dotson, that body control, that able to win with his body type wide receiver. And Curtis Samuel is likely probably to pair with Antonio Gibson for kind of that manufactured role that we've seen from Eric Bieniemy offenses. And I think both of them are kind of going to be utilized in that function, being able to take advantage of manufactured touches, um, kind of similar to what we saw with Nicole Hardman and Jarek McKinnon last year in Kansas City. Speaking of Antonio Gibson, it was kind of reported or thought that he would be entering the kind of J.D. McKissick role in the offense heading into 2013, but he mixed in with Brian Robinson for early down work in addition to his obvious passing down role. So this appears to be much closer to a legitimate timeshare than a even a 1A, 1B type thing. This is almost, I would expect this backfield to almost be split down the middle between Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. As for the Browns, Deshaun Watson played one series after sitting out the Hall of Fame game. Tight end David Njoku played, as did Elijah Moore, but we're likely going to have to wait another week before we really get a taste of what this offense is going to look like. Moving on to the Broncos and the Cardinals. This one actually had some legitimate takeaways. Colt McCoy started for the Cardinals and played just the first drive, indicating a high likelihood that he is in line to start the season as the starting quarterback in Arizona for as long as Kyler Murray is out. Corey Clement and Tyson Williams split the running back snaps with McCoy, but that means really little to us with both James Conner and Keontae Ingram held out. Um, James Conner getting the veteran treatment, Keontae Ingram, because of the abdomen injury, I believe. Marlon Mack was brought into Arizona um, this week to offer that veteran depth presence, but he suffered almost immediately a season-ending injury. So this is back to being James Conner and then Keontae Ingram and then who knows what. Confirming earlier suspicions. Wide receiver Rondale Moore gave way to rookie Michael Wilson in two wide sets. So shouts to, to Mikey. Uh, basically he's been all over that um, basically since draft season started, but yeah, Michael Wilson being the really only archetype wide receiver capable of playing an X type wide receiver role um, played that role in, in heavy sets. So in 12 and 21 personnel, it was Michael Wilson that was on the field, not Rondo Moore. So if Moore is only going to play from 11 personnel, no me gusta. This is not uh, a situation that we want to be overly invested in. I have not been taking Rondell Moore because of that fact exactly. And Rondell Moore's ADP is likely entirely too high. On the other side of that coin, Michael Wilson remains in the 18th round of drafts. Um, 
in the 19th-ish rounds on other platforms that have 20 rounds. So he could be continue to be a draft steal um, as a largely undrafted player on underdog and a last round player on the other platforms. Russ, man, Russell Wilson, he looked legitimately shaky on his first three possessions, but he did settle into the offense on the fourth possession. He led a 57-yard touchdown drive that was punctuated by a 21-yard catch and run by... Alpha, Jerry, Judy, and emphasis on Alpha. Judy enters the season looking primed for eruption as the lone player capable of generating consistent separation in this offense. Cortland Sutton showed off his trimmed frame. He's slimmed down, he's put on muscle, um, and he's playing like 12 pounds lighter than he was last season. Um, But he caught three of five targets, and he was the most targeted of the starters. He ended up putting up 35 yards on those five targets. Um, I would consider Sutton a legitimate bounce back candidate for 2023. And then somewhat surprisingly, newcomer tight end Adam Trotman, who Sean Payton brought over from New Orleans. He played as the every down tight end while holdover and incumbent Greg Dulcich. He was utilized on third downs and heavy packages. So in 12 personnel and third downs and obvious passing situations that leaves this tight end situation in Denver one to monitor because Dulcich is being drafted substantially ahead of Trotman and could be in the overdrafted realm. Should that utilization kind of hold through the remaining two weeks of the preseason. Continuing here, the Colts and the bills Similar to Stroud, Anthony Richardson kind of was what we should expect it to see. Made a rather egregious decision and throw targeting Isaiah McKenzie that he overthrew and led to an easy interception. Um, Basically, the safety just was waiting on it and it fell into his lap. Uh, But he kind of bounced back from there and, and looked okay after that um he ended up seven for 12 for 67 yards with that one interception um most of the starters left the game when he did michael Pittman did play with anthony richardson um and we did see alec pierce as well the tight end usage looks like a head shaker a head scratcher again um Kylan Granson seeing significant work. Farrell Brown, newcomer, seeing significant work. Um, so this tight end room looks like it's going to be kind of similar to what we saw last season. Same thing with with Houston. Um, they've got deep tight end rooms, and it looks like they're going to be utilizing all of them. Um, Alec Pierce. Um, and I say when I was talking about Anthony Richardson and and how he kind of rebounded, he almost led a touchdown drive on his second possession. Um, he dropped a dime right into the breadbasket for um, Alec Pierce on the front right pylon of the end zone. Um, Alec Pierce secured the catch, but then could not secure it through contact with the ground and ended up dropping it. But I think this is one of the more interesting pairings with Anthony Richardson, who has been a very, very good downfield passer. He was He has struggled with the short and intermediate stuff in his collegiate career. Um, But if Alec Pierce comes down with that ball, the front right pylon, um, his, as in Anthony Richardson's end um, box score would look a lot different here. Um, Anthony Richardson added two carries for seven yards, really didn't have any design quarterback rushing work yet. Um, But knowing um, Steichen and the offense expected here in Indy. I would expect that to grow um, once we get in the regular season or as the preseason continues. As for the Bills, interesting kind of dichotomy and in, in decisions that were made here. Josh Allen did not play, but James Cook played, Latavius Murray played, um, we did not see um, we did not see Damien Harris because uh, he's nursing an injury, um, and then we did not see um, 
the primary wide receivers. What we did see out of the pass catching core, we did see. Sorry, <laughs> I just got distracted. Um, we did see the tight ends play as we should expect this season. Although um, we did not see many tight end targets, which was interesting. Um, I mean, Jace Sternberger saw a target, but we didn't see much tight end involvement in this offense. Um, and that's something that I would expect to change because of the athletic nature of their tight end room now. Um, so not a lot else to glean from this one with, um, really the starting pass catchers not playing, but the starting running backs playing. I mean, James cook, um, he played for two series, but both of those series were short field positions coming off of, um, the interception from Anthony Richardson, James cook handled four carries for 20 yards and scored a touchdown from eight yards out. Um, but yeah, not much else to gain here. Latavius Murray, five carries for 18 yards for 3.6 average about what we should expect um, from kind of the big bodied short yardage bruisers. Interesting. Latavius Murray did see three targets, had three catches for 21 yards. He's proven to be capable through the air as well. Overall, not much else to gain from this one. Moving on to the Titans and the Bears. This, uh, yeah, the box score is going to look pretty good for the Bears here. Justin Fields played two series. He had three pass attempts, completed three passes for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Those two touchdowns, both were scored at range. So <laughs> Roshan or uh, Khalil Herbert took his only reception for 56 yards to the house and DJ Moore took his only reception 62 yards to the house. Both of these touchdowns were screens. And this is for a team that was dead last in the league last season in yards after the catch. DJ Moore obviously showed his speed, but what was interesting to me is the offense didn't really, I mean, we had two series and three pass attempts but they weren't really attacking downfield. And we know Justin Fields has the arm. So if the, or when this offense does start attacking downfield, uh, highly intriguing. And the upside is tantalizing here um, with DJ Moore. The, the other starting wide receivers did not see any action, but you know, we should expect once they're healthy, um, this offense and I was looking during this game, I was looking to see how much 11 they played. And I really didn't get a good grasp on how much 11 personnel we should expect here. Um, but I would expect now with um, Chase Claypool, with um, DJ Moore coming to town and with their wide receiver room getting healthy um, with Darnell Mooney, I would expect that we should see an increased rate of 11 personnel and the feel of the Chicago Bears offense when you compare it to the other offense last year that was chasing historical rushing rates in the Atlanta Falcons. And we touched on Atlanta earlier where they just looked very anemic and we shouldn't expect that offense to change very much. The Bears with Luke Getze, I think their offense is going to look extremely different. So this is an offense that has a lot of upside this season. They showed it with when the starters were out on the field and I am a buyer in Luke Getze. On the other side with the Tennessee Titans, um, Malik Willis and Will Levis were... Uh, Will Levis got the start. Malik Willis finished it out um, with the starters not playing. So we didn't see Nuke. We didn't see Traylon. We didn't see Derrick Henry. But this is an offense where I expect to be extremely concentrated between those four players, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, um, DeAndre Hopkins, and Traylon Burks. And I'd expect a lot of 12 personnel, and I would call Tajay Spears one of the premier pure handcuffs in the league. 
He handled six carries for 32 yards, 5.3 average, and he looked good doing it. Caught his only um, target for four yards as well. Not much else I'd expect. This is a very, very intriguing offense because of what they have showed us. They are not going to kind of bow out. They went out and got DeAndre Hopkins, and this is an offense where I could see them being one of those that we are continuing to attack because they're could score some points and they're likely to be extremely concentrated. Moving on to the jets and the Panthers. Oh man, this was ugly (laughs) for rookie quarterback, Bryce young, Bryce young started, played a couple of series ended four for six for 21 yards, took five, uh, took a, an ugly sack. The, Panthers as a whole were sacked five times in this game. When you're playing the Jets, that's going to happen. But Bryce Young looked absolutely lost here. Uh, And a lot of that had to do with the offensive line struggles. If that trend continues into the regular season, this offensive line struggles in pass protection, it is going to get ugly fast um, with Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a fantastic young quarterback, but he does not have that uh, NFL processing power yet. And it kind of showed here. Others from the Panthers offense. I mean, DJ Chark started and caught his only, or sorry, caught one of two targets for five yards. Um, I would expect the downfield role to continue to grow and kind of mirror the reports that we've seen out of camp where, um, where Bryce Young and, and Chark have the downfield connection. Um, but again, this offense is looking like not one to be overly excited about. Miles Sanders did not play. Um, Chuba Hubbard started, took four carries for nine yards uh, for a 2.3 average. But again, if this offensive line is struggling, that is going to affect Miles Sanders regardless of the workload. For the Jets, Aaron Rodgers did not see game action for the second consecutive week after this team played on the Hall of Fame game. Zach Wilson got the start, played the entire first half, went 14 for 20 for 123 yards and a score. Tim Boyle came in after him, 9 for 10 for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Those three touchdown passes all went to tight ends. That is rather interesting considering the cheap nature of the tight ends on the roster. Um, But yeah, all three touchdowns went to tight ends. And with Aaron Rodgers, with the design of this offense, and with Tyler Conklin coming to town, um, this is an interesting setup considering the cheap nature and the cheap ADP of Tyler Conklin. I'll continue targeting him late in three tight end builds. Um, and I like what I kind of saw from this offense. Um, Garrett Wilson did not play. Alan Lazard did play and, um, Corey Davis, we can expect, I mean, these, this is going to be a different look offense, obviously with Aaron Rodgers coming to town with Corey Davis in town, um, with Alan Lazard in town, but this is an offense with a lot of upside, um, with those primary core pieces didn't even talk about Brees Hall. Obviously, he is still on PUP, um, expecting that he will be ready to go for the start of the season and expecting reports and every kind of everyone I've talked to, everyone, all the doctors and such are all expecting him to kind of be back to his full self by week five, week six type range. Um, expect, um, or I guess another um, outcome or observation from this game is Izzy Abanaconda looked good again, scored a touchdown for the second consecutive. um, Oh no, he did not score a touchdown. Sorry. I failed you. Uh, But he looked good. Took 12 carries for 56 yards, 4.7 average, solid, solid. He looks like he is a capable NFL rusher and he looks like he can come in and contribute. And I like him as a uh, late round dart throw in this offense. Not much else to be gained from this one. Continuing chugging along the Jags and the Cowboys. Um, Dak did not play. Will Greer and Cooper Rush split and took each took a half. Um, the big one here 
uh, is Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle kind of alternated um, alternated snaps in the first half. Neither really did much with the opportunity. Rico Dowdle gained 21 yards on six carries. Malik Davis gained three yards on four carries. But the big takeaways here, Jake Ferguson was targeted three times on the first two drives, put up three receptions for 38 yards. And this is notable. I mean, this is kind of hinting that the the offense running through the tight end is something that we could see continue into this season. Extremely notable because Jake Ferguson has been in the last round of drafts up until this game was played. And over the last two days, now he's starting to move up into the 16th, 17th round. Um, Continuing to hammer Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson is currently my highest owned player across my entire portfolio. uh, And it's probably time to stop drafting him for me. Um, But this is a situation where I want to be invested in on an offense that we expect to score points this season. Obviously, we have not seen Tony Pollard to this point. We have not seen CeeDee Lamb. Um, We did not see uh, Brandon Cooks. So this offense has the firepower, and this is an offense to be buying into. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence uh, went five for six for 36 yards, a touchdown and a pick, played two series. His touchdown went to uh, Christian Kirk. But it was Calvin Ridley who kind of stole the show here. Calvin Ridley, two catches on two targets for 21 yards, showed an immediate connection um, with Trevor Lawrence and came out of the game when Trevor Lawrence did. Uh, Man, but his ADP, holy smokes, I've seen him go in the second round now. So he's Calvin Ridley's ADP is up around the 2-3 turn, and that is getting mighty pricey considering we've got no less than four legitimate like ones and twos type pass catchers on this offense from the running back room, Travis ETN and tank Bigsby ETN um, seeded the short yardage and goal line red zone type work to tank Bigsby. So that kind of reinforces kind of reinforces the reports that we've been getting out of camp tank Bigsby Bigsby had a nice 34 yard carry. He went, uh, for 52 yards on nine carries, Travis Etienne, 22 yards on five carries. Um, but the biggest thing to me was the fact that Tank Bigsby, Bigsby was in the game for the short yardage stuff, um, which appears like it might trickle forward into the regular season. The Eagles and the Ravens, both teams did not play starters. Not a whole lot to be gained here. Rash- well, I say both teams do not play starters. Both DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny did play, and I'm sure you've seen the uh, the reports from our good friend Mr. Shore, uh, out of the beat writer for uh, Philadelphia. There's not a lot to be gleaned from the fact that DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny played here. It's like they just came to town. They're learning a new scheme. Of course, they're going to get work in the regular season. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, his Uh, As well as Boston Scott, they both did not play. They are established in this offense. They're both making the team. The fact that Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift played and those two did not, does not mean that they are not the starters, does not mean that they are on the roster bubble. I would expect Trey Sermon is on the roster bubble. He took nine carries for 21 yards on a solid 2.3 average yards per carry, but he did find the end zone. Yeah, not a lot to be made here. Um, and not a lot really to be made from either side. Isaiah likely left with uh, after getting tackled hard on a first down reception, um, but he is reported to just kind of be a stinger type uh, on his midsection. Um, other than that, uh, well, we got to mention Devin Duvernay scored, dude. Uh, <laughs> one catch for seven yards in that touchdown. But yeah, not a lot here from either side. These are top offenses, top five offenses in the league this season. Moving to another top five offense, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, yeah, the world knows about Easton Stick now. We've been touting him in super super flex formats. Um, he his fourteen for twenty one um, for one hundred nine yards and a touchdown would have looked even better had rookie Quentin Johnson not dropped one of those. 
QJ did score. He went three receptions for 10 yards and a touchdown. The rest of the starters did not play here. We did not see Austin Eckler, did not see Keenan Allen, did not see big Mike Williams. The biggest thing for me is that what we did see is to start the game and with the starters, Joshua Kelly uh, was the running back of choice. He started the game for the Chargers and he did not seed work uh, to Isaiah Spiller and Larry Roundtree until later in the game. Kelly took, he looked good. He looked, he took nine carries for 54 yards um, for a healthy 6.0 average. And with his long being only 13 yards. So he was consistently um, rushing for good gains. I mean, this is against the Rams. Um, This is against the Rams without Aaron Donald. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, but Joshua Kelly uh, is looking like he has the inside um, the inside track to primary backup duties behind Austin Eckler. On the other side, we saw Brett Ripien and Stetson Bennett play quarterback for the Rams. We did not see any of their starters and not a whole lot to be gained. This is an offense. Uh, well, we did see Ben Skoranek and Puka Nakua. Um Puka caught a touchdown, but those two guys are likely battling for um, the third wide receiver role. Uh, we did not see any other starters here. Not a lot to be made, not a lot to add for the Rams. On Sunday evening, the Chiefs and the Saints, we saw Derek Carr play a couple of drives. He went six for eight for 70 yards and a touchdown. We saw Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara was utilized heavily, and he was the primary back for all the the um, snaps with Derek Carr. Jamal Williams came in after Carr left. Jamal Williams rushed for 28 yards on nine carries for a 3.1 average. I think that's kind of what we should expect here. Kendra Miller came in after those two departed very, very clearly third in the pecking order. Um, he also picked up a knee sprain. So if his, um, camp repetitions, if his preseason repetitions get cut, that could affect, um, his playing time with and without Alvin Kamara, uh, with that three game suspension overall big takeaways. Alvin Kamara was the guy I'd expect him to, uh, basically be the guy, but the guy from three seasons ago where, you know, to, in 2021 and 2022, he didn't have that Mark Ingram. He didn't have that guy to take the difficult between the tackle stuff. That is now Jamal Williams. And I'd expect Alvin Kamara, even though he's getting up there in age, uh, his efficiency to really return. And that is huge. So Kamara's still chilling in the ninth round. Load up on that. A.T. Perry, we have hyped him at OWS. I have said his name a ton as an early sleeper. He went six. Caught all six targets for 70 yards and a touchdown in the first half. This is a guy extremely adept at uh, running downfield routes and can play that pony up X type wide receiver role because of his frame. So it was good to see A.T. Perry succeeding here. And this is a guy who a, an injury to either of Rashid or any of Rashid Shahid or Chris Olave or Michael Thomas I would expect that A.T. Perry is going to earn the inside track to the fourth wide receiver role here. Um, and he he showed it. Looked good doing it. On the Chiefs, the biggest thing for me is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire started the game and basically was the starting running back with, or I guess I should say in the absence um, of Isaiah Pacheco. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire starting over Daenerys Prince. Um, getting the touches over LaMichael Pirine um, is notable and significant, particularly considering he was a healthy and active for the second half of the season last year. Um, interesting dart throws, I think, late round on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can be taken. Other takeaways, Richie James scored a touchdown, but he played um, he played behind... Um, oh, who did he play behind? Shit, I don't know. Dragging on here. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> he played 
behind Rishi Rice. He played alongside Justin Ross. So Richie James appears to be on the outside looking in for starter snaps, but uh, could continue to work his way into the equation here um, with showings like he had took uh, had two catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Not a lot else to be gained from this one. Finally, the 49ers and the Raiders. Neither expected starting quarterback got any work. Um, Aiden O'Connell started for the Raiders uh, and looked good, dude. <laughs> looked like a looked like a Derek Carr clone. He went 15 for 18 for 141 yards and a score. Zamir White. This is the big takeaway. Zamir White looked good as well. Um, gained 43 yards on the ground. Had a touchdown on the opening drive from. Uh, eight or nine yards out um, and looked like the legitimate pure handcuff um, to Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. Uh, for the Niners, no starters played. We had basically nothing. Trey Lance got the start. Trey Lance looked absolutely garbage. Uh, Trey Lance had the entire first half to himself. He went 10 for 15 for 112 and one. His touchdown was a fluke circus thing in the end zone. Trey Lance took four sacks on the night. His pocket presence was garbage. Um, yeah, Trey Lance is not, is not that dude for the 49ers. So that was the biggest takeaway for me. Um, but this offense is going to be fine. And there it's up to, it's up to Brock Purdy. Uh, to take them to the promised land this year. That is going to do it. That was a lot, but that is a recap of all of the preseason action and the major takeaways for fantasy. You know where to find me. Find me on Discord. Find me on Twitter. And with that, we'll see you in the draft lobbies. We'll see you at the top of the leaderboard.